Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Disturbed. That's the best way to describe. Yeah, disturbed. I feel disturbed. Like the band or the feeling? There's a band called Disturbed. Yeah, you didn't know that? No, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I don't know anything about music. I'm oh. sure we've had this conversation. I like don't. I'm not really into live music at all. So I, my knowledge of music is probably like even worse than like you would think from a child. <laughs> like I, I don't know anything. I still confuse Katy Perry and Taylor Swift. <laughs> that's how bad my knowledge is like yeah yeah like that's laughable right but that's how bad my knowledge like i'm just i'm not i've never been that into music. all right like so like when when you're like doing stuff like doing some work like on your computer stuff like you don't have music going in the background no, like nothing no no just... podcast no not nothing podcasts so okay. a, a lot of sports podcasts spoken word stuff there's a couple like uh celebrity ones that i like i'm actually a big fan of the conan o'brien podcast shout out to conan o'brien um okay interviewing celebrities and stuff like i find that nice to have on the background but but often it is uh podcasts and sports shows and that type of thing i like to have that like especially on long walks or if i'm doing something and i need background noise i i usually go for a podcast over definitely over music yeah okay i was just picturing you like going through life just raw like just no, alone no. with your thoughts <laughs> no, no, no. all the time it's like no, well that actually... seems terrible <laughs> <laughs> I I was always into podcasts, but um, the pandemic got me into audiobooks. Because See, I can't do I, audiobooks. I can't do it. I, I, I didn't think I would be able to either. I really didn't. And then audiobooks within the pandemic, because I'm such a big walker, I need to go out like two or three times a day. I'm like a dog. I got to go out two or three <laughs> times a day. And and it's honestly, audiobooks got me through the pandemic without being able to exercise in any other way other than walking, just throw on an audiobook, four or five chapters out on a walk. It was incredible. See, for like, I can barely, I can't listen to a podcast if I'm like focused on doing something else mm. because then I'm not listening to the podcast. Not a um, tasker. Well, I am, but like, it's like, I, I'm not retaining it, you know, like, so like with a podcast, right, it's right. kind of fine because right. it, I'll like if I miss a minute or two, like I still kind of know what's going on, but with like a story, like you're missing a lot of that detail. And like, I, I wouldn't want to be like halfway through chapter. Like, I, I don't know what's happened in this chapter at all. <laughs> so See, I, I don't find that happens with me at all. I, it all sticks in there. I don't know what it is, but on whatever reason, the audiobooks podcast, it all sticks in there. I've never had an issue not knowing what's going on, even if I'm doing something else. I, well, I, I guess it gets in there. You know what I think it is. I think it's if I'm trying to read or write, then I can't, right. my brain just says, no, we're focusing on, on this, but like, yeah, like working out fair. or doing something like that, I, I can listen to a podcast or like, sure. down, like cleaning, yeah. doing a chore or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've found like trying to read or like even, even try to do stats like f- for the show, I, I can't have a podcast or anything going mm-hmm. in my ears, like just music because then it doesn't really matter yeah. if I zone out on that. Right. You're more listening to the beat. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess I'm literally the opposite. I work best when I have something like a podcast or an audiobook going. Even if I'm doing something where I'm focusing, there's just something about a part of my brain, I guess, needs that for whatever reason. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, circling back, what's got you disturbed? <laughs> well, it was. It kind of goes off our conversation last week, where we were talking about Dalvin Cook and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm sorry. I really thought you were going to bring up the physical location again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I moved on. For God's sake, it's a physical location. It's where you're physically located in the draft. That is your draft spot. That's your physical location. I'm, I'm not backing down on that. Okay, that was a correct okay. turn of phrase. Okay. Well, no, that's why no. I thought that's what got you disturbed. <laughs> no, 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 what got me disturbed was we were talking about Dalvin Cook. And John yeah. Hopkins and these players, yes. Ezekiel Elliott, who get released without a trade happening. It's just a, a straight up release. And yep. and we were saying how oh, it looks like it's going to happen with Dalvin Cook. And then it did. Like the day our episode aired, yep. <laughs> it, yep. it happened. And I just feel like I'm taking crazy pills because I just, I can't imagine, imagine you couldn't find a trade for a fifth round draft pick a sixth round draft pick which is better than nothing by the way one draft pick is better than just releasing a player i know there's financial obligations and i understand that there's some complexities there but you couldn't find a single trading partner for dalvin cook you know who should trade for him i don't know if they can make the salary cap work but it sh- the bills should have the bills should be like hey we'll give you um we'll give you one of our higher price receivers who isn't going to do anything because we have digs and uh, we'll give you a draft pick and Dalvin Cook and boom, there you go. But really, all you could do is release a player. Like, I just think that's terrible asset management as a general manager. So it does well, have, I'm sitting here going, it happened again. That's the third, third high profile player for this to happen to. Well, it seems like the, the main theme has been the money. The um, money. Yeah, because... So even released, the Vikings still owed Alvin Cook two million dollars this year. Yeah, and that's yeah. and that's just no strings attached, right? Like here's your money. So could you it, imagine just getting two million dollars for nothing? That'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, what a great payday. Uh, but it it seems like uh, clearly there would have been a lot more money on the hook for the Vikings. Uh, now I don't know how much more since we're past June first. Maybe it was closer to that two million, and they just couldn't find someone. But we know, like we talked about last week earlier in the year, the issue was how much money would still be owed by the Vikings. So yeah. maybe there was something in the contract there that the Vikings couldn't make it work, and it wasn't so much we can't find a trade partner. It's we can't find something that works for our budget. And that's the only having, thing I can think of. Yeah, and sometimes depending upon the contract depending upon the date, players are owed money at certain times. So they could have run at a time where they felt like, okay, we got to release you by Friday or instead of $2 million, next time we try to move you or release you, we owe you 10. Like that happens in contracts all the time where it's like by this date, this happens by this date, this happens. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's the only thing that I can really think would have been the holdup. Cause like, it seemed like they were, well, clearly they were very firm on the Friday release date because it happened, but all the reports that I read said that they were trying to find a last minute trade partner on Thursday. So it's, it's very possible. It was like a, by this date, we owe more money sort of a thing. And I still, that's the thing. I just don't believe that a team wouldn't be able to get a seventh round draft pick or a gym bag or money or whatever, like other things get traded all the time. Like just, just do it. I like, I, 
I just, I still think that's just poor asset management. If I was in ownership or on the board of a, of a team that, you know, has a board structure or the president or something, and a general manager is working under me and he does a move like this, I would be like, what do you do? Like make the trade, make a trade. I don't care if it's for a fifth round traffic. I don't care if it looks terrible. You released him and got nothing and cost the team $2 million. See, <laughs> no I, matter what, like it's gone. Again, the, now the only gone. thing I can think of is the other GMs know what's going on and know yeah. their back is up, up against the wall. So why bother? Like, why would we even give away a seventh round pick then, if we then, can just sign then, him, right? Then you do this a week ago. You do this two weeks ago. You're telling me that uh, suddenly out of nowhere, they were like, oh, we got to release him by Friday or else. Like they suddenly made that decision. No, like I think that, they've. I think that this has been coming for a while because, like, yeah, they've made so, it pretty clear that they don't that they weren't going to have him. I think, and that's their mistake. Don't make it yeah. pretty clear. Then you can you can go out and publicly be like, "Hey, we're 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 accepting trade offers for Dalvin Cook." You can say that publicly if you want. You can get that out there. But but you say, "Or we'll just keep him." We don't have to trade it. We don't. We under contract. We know there's money. What? Fine. We'll have two high end running backs. Like whatever. Like even though you're bluffing, well, put that out there. And then, and then you make the trade. Like you're right. You're right. But you're telling me. You're telling me that they can fool. Like how many teams are there in the league now? I can't lose track. 32. Thirty-two. <laughs> okay. Thirty-one other general managers are all that smart. No, one or two of them would have accepted some kind of a deal. You didn't do your due diligence. You're you're absolutely right. I bet you they were up against the clock. Well, then that's bad time management. What what are you doing as a general manager in this league? What are you doing if if not trying to figure out how to move your players and trying to make your team better? Like you, the draft's been over for how long? A month? Not quite a month. A couple weeks. Draft's been over for a couple uh, weeks. It wasn't at the end of April. Okay, then it's been okay. That's even better. It's been six weeks since the NFL draft. So honestly, I just it really does disturb me because I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you're that foolish. And then that just makes me feel like, well, this is supposed to be the smartest people in the world, at least in this sport, like the smartest football minds. So does that mean I'm stupid? Because I'm disagreeing with the smartest football minds. Anyway, that's what's got me disturbed. I'm, I'm having an existential crisis. I don't like it. Um, I'm getting ready for my own big retreat coming up. And I feel like <laughs> I'm in a really bad headspace for it. And I'm trying to like not get there because I got to defeat you. And I got to get into a better headspace. Yeah. I, hey, everything is all easy breezy over here, buddy. So <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you just yeah. keep spiraling. I'm I'm coming for you. This is the this is a revenge tale. I'm gonna do everything I can to destroy you, even if it costs me the championship. All right, fair enough. <laughs> uh, well, we'll circle to the other name that you mentioned there that had you disturbed with DeAndre Hopkins. So yeah. he he reportedly had a very positive visit with the Titans, uh, and he's scheduled to meet with the Patriots on Wednesday and Thursday. The Patriots. That's interesting. Well, they were one of the names that originally popped up for him, but then mm -hmm. there was that whole thing where he did like the facial reaction game and mm -hmm. it was like a no-go for, I think, the Jets and the Patriots. And then it was, he was interested in the Chiefs and the Bills. Right. Um, so I don't know, maybe he's just trying to see who's going to pay him the most money. Like, who knows? That, that seems to be the only thing I can like 
the only motivation I can see really driving him. Despite all the things he said publicly about wanting to go with a contender, the teams that he's going for are not contenders. They're probably teams that would pay him the most or have the most room. Yes, I would, I would argue have those. Now, again, just because you can never count out teams that have successes. And like, I would, I would give, hey, I'm going to give some props to Bill Belichick. I'm, I, I think he's a little, uh, he, gets, he gets a little bit too much of a pass all the time. But Bill Belichick has proven he's a pretty good coach. And the Patriots have proven that even without some at least big name star talent on offense, they're they're at least in the conversation for a playoff spot. So I feel like if you add Hopkins there, they might be close to a playoff team, if not certainly better in that division that's going to be tough than than they were. Um, and then the Titans, I know we don't know what's going on with the quarterback, but that's two major weapons now. That's Henry, that's Hopkins. So it kind of does change the conversation a bit. And I, I still don't think you can count out Ryan Tannehill to have an, an okay or decent enough season. So maybe he helps propel a team that will play him. And also, you know, he gets he gets somewhat of a chance to be competitive. Because once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. So yeah. maybe yeah, that's, that's kind of what he figures as well. But you're right. It's not it's not the Bills or the Chiefs where you're a Super Bowl contender. But maybe he feels like, well, I can get paid the money I want to get paid and get on a team that could make the playoffs still with him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Well, other news for the Patriots, they waived James Robinson. So that was a short-lived tenure for James Robinson there. (laughs) Did did that surprise you? Honestly, a little. I, I don't know. I'm surprised that they waived him this early. Right, right. Um, you wouldn't think, have been surprised that it happened later. No, yeah. Like if we got into like end of training camp or start a preseason and then they let him go, that would sure. be like pure just Bill Belichick. Like, yeah, nope, you're not going to work out. Bye. Um, <laughs> That's what he does. <laughs> so, like for me, that kind of bumped up Ramondre Stevenson in terms of fantasy value. For me, I'm still always going to be hesitant about a new England running back because of what they've done historically, but they brought this guy in this off season. And then before even like the full July training camp starts, he's gone already. So yeah, between Stevenson and their, well, they're not rookies now, but the rookies that they had last year that they kept, like they clearly like what they have. So I guess that bodes well for Ramondre. Yeah, I mean, we had a fan question a couple of weeks ago about him and like where where you think like you would rank him and and whether or not he's a he's a decent pickup. And you just said you're weary always of of the running backs uh, with the Patriots, but you know this has got to make you feel a little bit more like well, clearly this is the guy. Like they don't have another none of their rookies are are I think established enough to be like oh someone's really going to challenge. Maybe someone surprises us. It's Bill Belichick. Sometimes he comes out with someone out of nowhere. But doesn't that make you feel like, okay, this is the guy? They're they're really going heavy with him, and he's he's really unquestionable the number one running back now. Yeah, it definitely makes me feel a lot better about him. I still don't know if right. I would personally draft him, but I he certainly moved up higher in my rankings. Ab- right. Absolutely, but not necessarily on your radar personally. See, that's the thing. He's on my radar, but it's do I have the the courage to 
draft him like where I would have him ranked, I guess, you know, like what mm. I would, I, I probably, what would end up happening would be, I would always back out because I'm worried about what Bill Belichick <laughs> is going to do. And then I would keep letting him slip by and then someone else would pick yeah. him up. Yep. I'm, I'm pretty exactly sure what that's happened. what would happen. Yeah. Um, but I do know, like I updated my preliminary rankings today and he, he did move up a bit. So he is, he is getting up there. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm very fascinated to see uh, your rankings and how they compare to my official rankings. Um, but it'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see with a player like this, because I get what you're saying. I just feel like it all depends on who's around. Like if you're looking for a running back later and he's sticking around, you, now you might feel slightly more comfortable picking him because, well, the other running backs around him might have a second person who's going to challenge them this year. And it seems like that's not going to happen in England. Again, that could change. That 100% could change. I Just to me, my views of him changed a little bit with this. Because now I'm like, well, they're obviously going with him. Like, I don't, I just don't see anyone else right now who's emerging. But I guess time will tell on that. Yeah, I definitely have like a, a line in the sand where if it got to right. that point and he was still there, I would 100% draft him. him. Yeah, yeah. But Which is where I that did... line is is a good question. <laughs> well, uh, I know where the line is personally. And the problem is I'm sure that he would not make it that far. Right. We don't know what like, the line is yet, though. We're not there yet. We don't know yet. Uh, I'm, I have a good idea. You know, you know but yeah. the rest of us don't. No, yeah, we're not in your head, Josh. You don't understand no. this. We can't read your mind. It will. It'll come out. I'm not going to tell you this early. Yeah. You got to wait for my rankings. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm excited yeah. to get into these rankings because I feel like these will be the interesting discussions we're going to have to have. Is where yeah. do these lines get drawn within the rankings? Right, almost the tiers within the rankings. Like, where are they? And where do we both see some of these players? Because to me, it sounds like I'm thinking a little bit higher of him right now than you are. That's what it sounds like to me. But hey, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Stay tuned, fans. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, Ryan Tannehill, circling back to him, according to ESPN, he appears to be head and shoulders above both Will Levis and Malik Willis. Right. N- not entirely surprising, considering how experienced Tannehill is, what we saw last year from Malik Willis, and there's definitely a reason why Will Levis slipped into the second round. Right. Um so not really surprising. And I, I would fully expect that Ryan Dana Hill starts as the, the quarterback for the Titans, at least for the first quarter of the season, like at, at minimum. And then if things are going poorly, maybe they pull the trigger and try to bring in one of the younger guys. But easily for the first quarter, I would say it's going to be Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. And it sounds like they're just giving the reins to the veteran. Um Again, he's he's done well for them or good enough before. He's always been an okay quarterback who's ended up having a relatively good team. So it's just one of those situations where he, if he's just if he's miles ahead of the other two, that could tell you something about the other two. First of all, being like maybe yep. they're just not ready, um, but also maybe he's maybe he's going to have a bounce back year and maybe he's going to stabilize things there. You never know. Um, is he's near the end of his career anyway, but. You never know what could happen this season. Um, they could have a real big quarterback issue on their hands, though. If their rookies are just not ready to go and they're just miles behind the, their veteran, 
they they might have a they might have an issue here. Yeah, it could get pretty pretty sketchy pretty quickly. Um, the LA Rams signed wide receiver Demarcus Robinson, kind of built up a bit of depth behind Cooper Cup, but very clear that Cooper Cup is still going to be the the number one for the team and probably the only fantasy relevant um, receiving option for the Rams. Yeah, that might help the team more on a football standing standpoint, but in terms of fantasy, that shouldn't change too much. I mean, again, it all comes down to what kind of year is Stafford going to have yep. bouncing back yeah. here? Like, is, is he going to come back stronger? Is he going to have a good season? I don't know. Yeah, that's... Uh... It says neck that he injured, right? It was his neck, yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, at the end of the day, more receiver options, sure, can in- impact fantasy, but I think Cooper Cup's just one of those that kind of breaks that mold, where, frankly, yeah. like, he's just, he's going to be great. He's going to be good. It just might make Matthew Stafford have a bit of a better year, having more options around, people having to, to cover different options, and then suddenly he can, he can you know, pass it to who he wants to you never know um but i think in terms of fantasy i think you nailed it on the head that doesn't really make a huge impact maybe the type of player you could pick up later if the team's having a fantastic year kind of what happened with all of mahomes's receivers you know they get released and picked up on a weekly basis because you just didn't know who mahomes was going to throw it to yeah yeah who's who's gonna have the hot hand this week yeah exactly yeah. so stafford's that quality of quarterback he could get up there again but Again, there's a lot of question marks there with him. Absolutely. Um, the quarterbacks for the Texans, so C.J. Stroud and Davis Mills, are, mm-hmm. cause, and we talked about it last week, how he had apparently uh, seized the uh, starting reps. So it turns out they're rotating starting reps week by week throughout the summer. So okay. one week Davis Mills gets the starting reps, the next week it switches to CJ Stroud and then it's going to keep going back and forth for until at least July. I believe uh, I read today. Okay. And the logic behind that was to just try to get them, I guess like multiple days in a row throwing to the starters and try to build some sort of chemistry while they're still sorting out who's going to be the starter rather than, you know, like, cause often, uh, sorry, often teams go like day by day, like, okay, you get starting reps, then you, then you, then you. And it's hard to build a rhythm doing that. So I guess they're leaning into the, we're going to do it week by week, see how they look over the course of the week each time, and then maybe make the decision earlier that way. Like, I'm not, I'm not too sure, but it, it seems to be, that's going to be their philosophy going for the summer. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It just shows me that um, they don't know who who they who they really want to go with, which again is fine. But Mills was that was this last year his second year in the league, or is that his first? Uh, I can't remember. I believe it was his second. Second, that's what I thought. I'll do. So he's had. I'll do a check. If so, yeah, do the check. But if so, that two years in the league and going into a third training camp with this guy, and you don't know if he's your starter over the quarterback you just drafted, like to, again, to me, it's it's. It, I guess yeah, it's a it was, wait and see game. Was it was? Yeah. yeah. So it's a wait and see game, and I get it. I just I don't know. I, I they they traded 
a pick to, to make sure they could still draft their defensive player because they went with the quarterback and then they grabbed the defensive player. And I thought they had a great draft, but I would think there'd be some inclining to be like, I want to see what Stroud can do um, before anything else. But yeah, third year with, with this guy, I just don't think he's your future quarterback. I really don't. But maybe they're just saying, hey, it's, let's compete. Go for it. Like compete with each other and, and see who comes out on top, which is a good coaching method. We've seen that work before. Yeah, and I mean, Davis Mills is still young. He's only 24, so yep. that's very, very young for a quarterback. So maybe they're just not ready to call it quits on him. Now, obviously, yeah. with drafting C.J. Stroud, with the draft capital that they did, obviously, they're definitely prepared to cut him loose, but maybe this yeah. is just that final chance. You know, hey, what what do we got here, you know? Yeah. Let's, let's not I, let him go. Let's not be too hasty about it. Yeah. I just think from a fantasy standpoint, and feel free to disagree with me on this, and there might be a bit of a hype train, but if CJ Stroud is, is named the starter, I'm somewhat interested in him because of, because of the hype, because of him coming out of junior, because of the, the way he was in college and the talent that he has. I am interested in him, whereas Davis Mills, I'm not even like remotely guessing like I'm not going out of my way to draft CJ Stroud that's not what I'm saying but I'm I'm at least like perking up being like oh that's interesting like that's a name in a in a quarterback position that's like interesting to me Mills is not I don't even like think about him that's just my thought on it yeah I I I don't know I mean they're both (laughs) you disagree (laughs) that was well that was the side of the century (laughs) I don't know they're both pocket passer types so right i don't know i think it's six of one half a dozen of the other it and i'm not going to really be sold that one is better than the other until i see cj stroud on the nfl field because people can people can do a lot in college and then like we'll look at baker mayfield he was the number one overall pick and we make fun of him almost weekly so well i mean well earned (laughs) yeah so (laughs) that that's why for me it's kind of like eh i'm it's kind of the same either way for me until I yeah. see something different. No, I get what you're saying. And I, it's a little of a hype train, right? Lee, yeah, you see yeah. someone through college, you go through the draft stuff. Like I was watching like draft boards and highlights and stuff like all the time. And you get hyped on a player, right? Like it just happens. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would probably feel differently if he was a mobile quarterback, like who, who right. ran a lot, because that is even if you're not really that good of a thrower, if, if, if you run for a hundred yards a game, you've more than made up for it. Right. Yes. Um, so that's why I would lean a lot more towards him if he was like that, but where they're both kind of pocket passer types. Yeah. Until I see him on the field and kind of see what he can do against an NFL team. Yeah. It's just the same for me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. It's very fair. Um, two last pieces of news. So we've got Saquon Barkley not at mandatory minicamp, refusing to sign the franchise tender, and he's told reporters that sitting out the 2023 season is a card I could play if contract negotiations don't work out. So that would yeah, just just dropping a bomb on the New York Giants' uh, offensive outlook for the season on a lot of people's fantasy outlooks for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, that's put a giant question mark in my my rankings because I have him ranked very highly going into the season, but 
Yep. That's only if he's on the field. It, yeah, um, like this is ma- this is major, not only just for the Giants, but for fantasy. Like this is a massive, massive blow um, because I would have him ranked very high as well. I mean, I had him last. He's one of the reasons why I finished second in our pool. Yeah, yeah. It was him. It was Saquon and, and Stefan Diggs and some other Dalvin Cook and some other players that kind of helped him. But he was he had a great bounce back year. This would be yeah, this would be a big blow. Yeah, and it's one of those things that you're gonna draft him, and if he's not playing in preseason, he's still sitting out. He could be there week one. He could not be yeah. back until week ten. He might not be back at all. And we've and- seen, especially in recent history, how badly that affects players missing time yeah and on top of that even if your league has an ir spot he wouldn't qualify he's not suspended right. he's not hurt he's just not playing unless Get rid of your ir spots people yeah mike feels very passionately about that um it's nice to have passion okay but if you <laughs> if you have a shallow bench then he's just eating up a spot and yep. Yep. you have to take him at absolute best case scenario, you're getting him in the second round. Absolute best case. Best that would be case, like, like he he fell and you got yes, him in the second that's, round. That's in, that's probably in a six team league, <laughs> and, he, yeah. and he still fell. Six team no, league I, and he I still think, dropped. <laughs> I think like a ten team league and you were drafting like eight to ten area. I think you could get him in second round because then what thirteen the players got picked? Yeah, in a snake yeah. draft. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I don't know. I don't think I don't he know. he wouldn't make know. it past that. So you're investing a yes. big draft capital to him. It would be interesting to have this discussion. Too. I don't know if I would pick ten players over him though. Like, assume, like well, that's the thing. Yeah, like I don't think I pick ten. I, I'm saying him. absolute best case scenario, like right. best possible value is your second pick. And, and it's your the twelfth or thirteenth pick, and that was a big drop, and you're you're thrilled. <laughs> yeah, because because you got you got yeah. your guy in the first round, and you're like, oh my god, nobody took him. Um, <laughs> but that could be just you might you like you could just set that pick on fire potentially because he might not ever set foot on the field. So right. that's something that I'm sure it. Well, obviously, it's a very strong negotiating tactic, but yeah, if that's not going to get sorted out, then you're screwed if you draft him. But at the same time. If you don't draft him and then he ends up playing, you're screwed anyways. So it's it's hard. It's hard either way. Uh, you yeah, you just really got to do is. a gut check when you get if you get there in the first round or start of the second round, whatever. And he's on the board. You got to do a gut check and you say, OK, what do I believe is going to happen here? And am I willing to take that plunge? And luckily, there's still enough time that like with camps, really like the, the main camp, at least starting in August, there's time, it's about six weeks to, for this to sort itself out, but that will go by fast. So by the time you get into drafting, like I, you know, our league, we draft near the end of August for these kinds of reasons, hopefully, you know, but if you're two weeks away from the start of the season and he still isn't reporting to camp and still has refused to sign, that's that's a major blow in terms of of what you're going to do for fantasy because this is this is a top easily easily a top five running back and that's a 
it's it's questionable what to do about him in that case. Do you take that risk in the first or second round to grab to grab this guy? Yeah, he's his current draft ADP is ninth overall pick, the fourth Sounds running back right. off the board. Yeah, so yeah, a ten team league, best case scenario would be pick pick number nine gets him in the second round. And pick uh, whoever picked a tenth just fell asleep at the wheel for both their picks. That's probably okay. your best, probably the only way you're getting them into the second round. Unfortunately, um, yeah, the person yeah. had some sort of weird, which we see sometimes. You yeah, and I absolutely. Sit yeah. there in our draft, and someone makes a pick, and we're like, "What just happened?" <laughs> yeah. Well, like like you, like you said uh, before, like l- over the past, I think two two or two years, or maybe it's been three now. We've done it over the phone and Zoom. And I've had to mute my mic a few times to be like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, three three times. We we held it in person once and you were you and a few were over the phone, but then the past two years have been everyone virtual. Uh and I've had some some miking moments as well where I've had to like I gotta mute myself and yeah. just kind of step away for a second while I try to contemplate what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. Um and another player who is uh, causing some concern is Stefan Diggs. A uh, report came out today. Bills head coach Sean McDermott said he's very concerned that wide receiver Stefan Diggs is not at mandatory minicamp today. So I later read a report that said he was at the facility on Monday and he was at the facility Tuesday morning, but then he mm-hmm. departed prior to the start of mandatory minicamp. And it doesn't seem like there's a reason why that anybody knows. And this isn't the voluntary stuff. This is you have to be here. So I'm not sure what's going on there. If it's stuff is lingering from because he was he was relatively unhappy during the offseason, right? Making a lot of comments about, you know, like, why do we keep losing as soon as we get to the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Um, didn't seem like like kind of seemed like he was pretty frustrated with the bills. But at the same time, he just signed a contract with them. So it's not like he's not showing up because he wants to get paid. He He got paid. But now he's not showing up. So something to keep an eye on. Maybe it's just a one day thing. Maybe something happened and it just never made it out to the news and come tomorrow. It's in the past, but just something else to, to bear in mind. Cause again, that is a, another top 10 ADP pick currently wide receiver five off the board, huge draft capital. And if for whatever reason he's digging his heels in and doesn't want to go to camp and doesn't want to play another pick up in smoke. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny how these were my first two picks from last year's draft. Saquon Barkley, yeah. Stefan Diggs. The Mike, the Mike curse. The Mike curse. <laughs> Strikes I'm, again. I'm a, I'm a little less concerned about him because at least he has a contract and we know he was unhappy. And, like, I'm unhappy as a Bills fan, <laughs> too. Like, I kind of get it. Yeah, they, oh, they, yeah. We talked at length about that. This off, we, they, they did nothing this offseason. So of course he's frustrated. Why, like, why would why would it be different this year? So I understand where he's coming from. Could just be a personality thing. Definitely something to watch. Disturbs me a little bit less because of the thing you brought up. Is he's already been paid, so it's not contractual. So he's going to be there. It's just how focused is he? Is this going to is this going to interrupt how he is on the field? Yeah, That's I'm definitely question. a lot less concerned about digs than the Saquon Barkley stuff, but yeah. still something to keep an eye on because of how high you have to draft him. So it would be nice totally. to know he's not doing some sort of weird protest 
while yeah. getting paid. And he, he's he's not sitting there past the second round either. Like no, you're gonna get no. him. You're gonna get him maybe in the second. Like he's a little bit more likely to be in the second, but that's it. He's not lasting past the second round. So you've got to uh, you got to get him if you can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's switch gears and get into our NFC North team review. And we'll start off with the Chicago Bears. So at quarterback, the Bears. We've got Justin Fields at quarterback. Um, My outlook on him is is much higher this year. Definitely. uh, Because of how he ended last season. So hopefully that is the plan is that they're going to keep using him that way. Um. Still not really convinced that he's that accurate of a thrower, but if he's going to run as much as he did, then all is forgiven as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, his legs can propel him right up those quarterback standings. Like he's he's an example of the type of quarterback that I would take and fit into your your draft strategy rule book, where I would take a running back, maybe another running back or a running back and a wide receiver. And then later on take a quarterback and fields would be that one where I'm, I'm happy. I'm fine to wait for him because I, I'm feeling good about him and I'm feeling like if he can improve from last season and and hurt people with his legs, he's going to, you know, we got another Jalen hurts right here in terms of leg power. Yeah. That that was going to be my comparison last year. I got hurts a little later. And it works out great. So if you can get oh. Justin Fields later in the draft, perfect. Because Look then you, two, you just two peas in a pod. Yep. Very rarely, but it sometimes happens. Oh, I would jump out of that pod so fast. I know. I would drive you crazy. Yeah, I'd be going. I know myself. I, I know what I bring to the table. <laughs> good, good. It's good that you at least know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I'm pretty self-aware. It's just I, I just accept... Uh, I accept my flaws, you know? Yeah. Uh, at running back, Dante Foreman and Khalil Herbert. Hmm. So this is a running back room that I I was excited about until they brought in Foreman. Because now right. I think we're going to get more of the same. And it's just going to be a mess between Her- Foreman and Herbert. Um, we saw Herbert and Montgomery were kind of like a Madison and... Uh, Cook situation where like when Montgomery wasn't there, Herbert would fill in and he would do very well for the Vikings or for the Bears, just like Madison would do for the Vikings. But now they kind of went the opposite direction that the Vikings did. And they said, "Okay, we're going to release our or we traded away our main guy or I can't remember if they traded or released him. Anyways, he's with the Lions now, David Montgomery. Yeah. So it's like, okay, it's Khalil Herbert season. And nope, we're bringing in Dante Foreman, this guy who is a veteran. He's old. He's probably in the last few years of his career, but they're bringing him in. And currently he is ranked higher on the depth chart than Khalil Herbert. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, definitely it's what's going to happen with it. Like I, I, I have no they're, idea. They're going to try to do the same thing. Like, okay, we're going with Foreman. And when he gets hurt or is just not working, we'll throw Herbert in there. But like Herbert had such great potential. Like what a great year he had. Every time he came in, he was fantastic. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, they're just going to split it and go with both of them, do it by yeah. committee. If Herbert's going to be the number one and Foreman's the number two, if Foreman's number one, Herbert's number two, like I've got no idea what we're walking into for this season, but all I know is I don't, I don't want a part of it. Yeah. Keep your eye on that one, but 
it's uh, it's something that I I agree. I would stay away from it for now. It's a mid-season pickup, mid-season grab. If some if they start to go one direction, that's what I would do. Wait and see. Yeah, I might feel differently once we've seen them in preseason and kind of see what we're kind of working with for splits. Um, but uh, unless I see something pretty clear and obvious in the preseason, yeah, I I would probably be staying away and until one of them kind of showed me a spark. Yeah. Uh, for wide receiver, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, and Darnell Mooney in the slot. Mm. So DJ Moore, obviously brand new to this team, traded yeah. from the Panthers. Chase Claypool came in at the end of the 2022 season, and Darnell Mooney has been there for a while. I would probably go with DJ Moore. He's a big name who's played with bad quarterbacks before, so yeah. he could probably make this work. I'm I'm out on Chase Claypool personally. I I yes, just I exactly. I don't believe that it's going to work out. I just I know that there are some statistics that point to it working out, but I just my gut check says that it isn't. Mm-hmm. And Darnell Mooney, I think if he was going to take off, it was going to be last year, and that never happened either. Instead, uh, Justin Fields was focusing on Cole Komet for the first half of the season. Yeah. First two thirds, whatever it ended up being. So it never happened for Mooney either. So my personal take on it is DJ Moore, and, and that's probably where I draw the line. Yeah, we're on the same page for this one. Like I, and again, we'll talk about tight ends in a minute, but DJ Moore of this receiving core would be the one I would be looking at. Um, and then the other, like I'm out on Chase Claypool. And then when it comes to Mooney, same honestly thing that I feel about the running backs. I might be a midseason pickup candidate. Depend if he if he finally gets going, if he starts getting used. I'm personally doubting it. I think they're going to use their tight ends, and I think DJ Moore is here to catch some balls from Justin Field and, and get the most of those uh, reps. So I think uh, I think stay away from the rest of them. DJ Moore's your guy. Yeah. And then Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon are the uh, the tight ends. And I'm, I've am i kind of faded on Cole Komet over how mm. I saw him kind of implode over the back end of that season. It was basically like if he didn't score a touchdown, then he was doing nothing. And now he's got competition with Robert Tunyon. He never had any competition really last year for targets. So I have faded a bit on Cole Komet. I I'm think not... there's potential there, but... yeah. I'm not like running to draft these tight ends, but I would take a shot on either one of them just because the ball is going to get thrown at some point in time. Never in the history of the NFL is a quarterback just not not going to throw the ball at all. Um, so I think Fields has got to get the ball to someone. I think with strong tight ends and a quarterback with strong legs, you see a lot of quick dump off passes, breaking out of the breaking out of the the pocket finding a tight end who, who's, you know, running down or checking down the field. So I think, I think either one of them could be a candidate. I feel a little bit better on them. And I think commits to me, the number one and Tanya's number two, but I'm, I'm not saying necessarily no as like a bench tight end to either one of them later in the draft. I'm not running around trying to get them, but the ball's got to go to someone. And I think that there's a chance here. Yeah, fair enough. Moving on to the Detroit Lions quarterback, Jared Goff, just like <laughs> Kirk, Kirk Cousins light. 
Yes, exactly. That's a great way to put it. Diet Kirk Cousins. Diet because, Kirk Cousins. Or, or what is it? Kirk Cousins Zero. Like, isn't that the thing? Yeah. Zero is the big thing now. Yeah, so Jared Goff is Kirk Cousins Zero. Like, just, I can't get a read on this guy. Like, I really can't. He confuses me. Because he'll have some pretty good stretches of decent games, but he's not a big showtime gamer. Like, he doesn't show up for playoff games. He doesn't show up under the lights. Like, he just... But he, uh, normal games, like a one o'clock game on a Sunday, he might get you 20, 25 points. Like he can do it. Yeah, he, he 100% can do it. But he can also have those games where he just kind of disappears. Mm-hmm. So just keep it in mind. I mean, he was a top 10 quarterback. He was a top eight quarterback. He played 17 games and averaged 20 points per game. So probably won't win you a championship, but he certainly won't lose you one unless no. he bails out in the last in the championship week yeah like you can have a strong team with him as your quarterback if you've drafted well elsewhere so yeah he man that's such a kirk cousins light like that's exactly who he is (laughs) and that's who he will be named for the for the rest from now on exactly yeah Yeah. as you know on this uh podcast for for you listeners or if you're new we we give nicknames sometimes that stick so he will never we'll never hear his name again he's Kirk, kirk cousins light kirk cousins zero Kirk Cousins diet, <laughs> whatever you diet want Kirk Cousins, yeah, diet Kirk, some I like variation. Diet Kirk Cousins personally, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> uh, at running back for the Lions, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, uh, rookie. Rookie. So we uh, we just spoke about David Montgomery. So he's now with them. He's currently listed as their RB one, but this is another backfield where we don't know what we're getting. Uh, they drafted Jameer Gibbs for a reason after bringing in Montgomery. And we saw last year with Swift and Williams, both were used, both can have fantasy value. And I I think the fantasy value out of this backfield is going to come for who's getting the goal line carries. Yes. And which of the two it is. So, yeah, because they're going to get like they're going to they're going to move down the field. The Lions will move down the field and they'll get into the red zone. So who's getting the ball? And that's that's going to be the question, because that's what happened last year. And, and that that running back, which was the one that I didn't have, whatever running back I didn't have that week, was the one who was going to have a great week. <laughs> That's right. At wide receiver, we've got Josh Reynolds, Marvin Jones Jr., and Amon Ross St. Brown as the starters um, because Williams is, is still showing us suspended for the first six weeks. That puts a big impact on him for his... Mm-hmm. Uh, for his fantasy value, and I, it's it's hard to kind of go back and say, you know, we we want this guy on our team when you're going to miss just under half of the season. You know what I mean? I do, yeah. So, and that's, like, that's, it's really tough to, to, to draft someone like that who you know is missing just under half the season. But for a fantasy football season, that's, that can, that's usually half. Like he'd play about 12 or 13 games, I think, regularly. So he's going to miss half your season before you even get in the playoffs. So it's it's really tough to to draft him. So I think I think you do kind of have to move on fast and look at the other receivers. Like I think Josh Reynolds, Amon Ross St. Brown, I mean, I think they've they've got potential both of them to do something. I would say Marvin Jones Jr. is the one who might get pushed out a little bit, especially if Williams comes back and and you know comes back with a bit of a 
bit of a jump in his step. You don't know what's going to happen when he returns, but there's some potential here. As we said, the ball's going to get thrown around. They're going to move it somehow. We don't know how it happens with Jared Goff, but it does. Uh, I it'll it'll go through St. Brown. I'm I'm convinced of that. He's proven himself for the past few years to be the the number one guy. And last year he was with Kirk Cousins, so I'm pretty convinced that it'll just be more of the same. And I don't want I wouldn't want a receiver that wasn't him. Essentially, I would take a I would take a risk late, very late on Josh Reynolds. Like I I think he's got I think he's shown a bit of flavor here and there and I think he can uh, I think he can do something not not a big pick but late round gem that might help you I, yeah, I might fair, might fair enough and at tight end we've got Sam Laporta and Brock Wright uh, Sam Laporta rookie Brock Wright uh, I genuinely don't know even know who that is so I've never heard that name in my entire life yeah no <laughs> so I would say it's Sam Laporta and Unfortunately, he's a rookie, so we don't know what we're going to get there. I'm not personally interested unless something happened and I could get him off the waiver wire. It's why it makes me feel a little bit better about the receiving core. Because you just, as much as, yes, you can run the ball in through the air, you can throw the ball through one one person. Even, even a team like the Bills, who really ran it through one person, still had a secondary option here and there who was making something happen. And that's why I'm looking at Reynolds, because tight end i'm not i'm not super high on either of these guys like i know one's a rookie and then brock what's his name so sorry like i've just never heard of you yeah i'm not interested in either yeah that's fair moving on to the green bay packers quarterback jordan love not uh, not interested in that either i'm no, i'm gonna stay uh, away from that yeah and until i see something tangible out of him I don't think I don't think it's worth it. He's no, essentially a rookie not. in my mind. I know he's been around a couple yeah. of years as a backup. He's essentially me too. A yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, at running back, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. I'm actually more interested in Aaron Jones this year because of Jordan Love because I think they're yeah. going to end up running the ball a lot more. Yeah. I agree. Um, AJ Dillon. I'm not really too sure. Last year he hit the ground running and then faded away immediately. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm willing how to that put, happened. Eh? Yeah, yeah. I'm willing to put my my chips behind Aaron Jones this year. Yeah, uh, I bet you would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get over it. We don't have time Never. to sit with Mike. We'll Never. come back to it. We will. Uh, wide receiver, we've got Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Jaden Reed. Uh, rookie? I... <sighs> I really don't know what this back uh, this wide receiver core is going to shape up to be. Watson and Dobbs both had value last year. Mm-hmm. Um, one as more volume, one as more touchdown dependent. But that was with Aaron Rodgers, so who knows what we're going to get this year with Jordan Love. And uh, same thing with the tight end room: Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft, both rookie tight ends. So we've got no idea what we're walking into there. And we don't know what Jordan Love does with tight ends. So. The whole no. receiving core is just going to be a mystery to me, and there's a lot of other options out there that I would prefer that I, I yeah. know are consistent, and I know what I'm getting. At, at absolute best-case scenario, it's a wait-and-see. That's your best-case scenario, wait-and-see. Yeah, wait-and-see or a late-round dart throw, and you're, yeah. you're already, you've already secured, and you're just looking to put home-run picks on your, your bench, and yeah. maybe one of them pans out for, for cheap. I think that's a good way to put it. 
Uh, moving on, last team, we got the Minnesota Vikings. So we've got the original Kirk Cousins, not Diet Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, Kirk Cousins classic. Kirk Cousins classic. So <laughs> he, uh, we, we've talked about Kirk Cousins before. Don't play him in prime time, and you're fine. He, but he otherwise, won't, you can have him, yeah. Yeah, he won't win you your week, but he certainly won't lose you your week unless it's in prime time. So regular afternoon games, you're good to go. Fire up Kirk Cousins. He'll get you those 20 points that you need to just coast you through. Running back Alexander Madison and Ty Chandler. I'm very high on Alexander Madison this year. I am hoping he is going to take the most of this opportunity and he pans out well. We've seen running backs who get presented with this opportunity in the past few years kind of flame out. So I'm hoping that that's not the case because he's staying with the same team and getting that opportunity. But yeah. uh, I, I understand if people are hesitant for, for that reason, because we have seen it go poorly in the past too, like most recently with Chase Edmonds. But I, I feel very confident about Alexander Madison this year. Yeah, I think he's a good pick. I think that there's good reason to feel confident. And I, I also understand why people might be hesitant, but I think this early in, in the conversation, especially to kick off a season, I think he, he's not going to be a bad choice for one of your, one of your running backs. See how he goes, make a deal later if you need to, but I think he's worth the risk because someone's going to carry the ball there for them. Yep. At wide receiver, we got Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, the rookie, and KJ Osborne in the slot. Uh, Justin Jefferson, arguably one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Yep. Jordan Addison, he's a rookie who the Vikings went and targeted. Seems like to replace Adam Thielen. Yes. So I'm big on him because obviously defenses are going to focus on Justin Jefferson, so that should open up a lot of targets for Addison assuming he can beat out TJ Hawkinson for them. And KJ Osborne, I think is just, he's just going to be on the field. He's present. He is present (laughs) and accounted for. Yep. And at tight end, we've got TJ Hawkinson and Josh Oliver Hawkinson. If he can keep up the volume that he got last year, he's going to do great for, for fantasy because if you're in some sort of PPR format, that's all you need. He will get you those weekly points and, He'll have his boom weeks where he scores a touchdown, and you'll be happy. This offense is still pretty good, and I think so long as Kirk Cousins stays healthy, Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson, they're going to get the ball. So you can you can play them in, in non-primetime. Uh, yeah, non-primetime. Yeah. Primetime probably should drop every, uh, put yeah. all of them on yeah. your bench. Maybe not Jefferson. <laughs> yeah, I get if you have to play Jefferson, him, but the rest, yeah, yeah just yeah. bail out. No. Agreed. All right, Mike, rank them. Minnesota Vikings, number one. I just think their offense is too strong, too powerful. Still, we've mentioned too many players who can do good. They're number one. Detroit Lions, number two. Chicago Bears, number three. Green Bay Packers, number four. Uh, I thought we were going to go two weeks in a row with the same. No. I've got the Vikings at one, the Bears at two, the Lions at three, and Packers at four. Yeah, so we've got the middle team switched again. Um, Yeah, and a coin flip. Yeah, for me I, personally, I went me too. I went back and forth. I gave the edge to Detroit for a little bit more experience in there. But hey, if Fields comes out the way he did at the end of last season, then my mind's going to be changed a little bit because he's he can really be a game changer a lot more than Jared Goff can be. Yeah, that's that's where I gave them the the edge in mine. But yeah, fully un, fully understand going Lions over them too. Uh, three players to target. Uh, you just mentioned him. I've got Justin Fields as my number one. 
I think you can get him later in a draft, and if he is running the ball, then he will be a steal where you can get him. Alexander Madison, we just chatted about him when we went over the Vikings roster. I think that he is presented with a great opportunity, and I think he'll be able to take the most of it, so I'm very excited about him this year. And Aaron Jones as well. I think the offense for the Packers is going to have to lean on him because of Jordan Love's inexperience. They've got a very, very junior wide receiver core and just receiving core in general between rookies in the tight end room, rookies in the wide receiver room, and players entering their second season for the wide receivers. So I think Aaron Jones should be heavily involved in this offense. I went with three wide receivers and three wide receivers that you can get a little bit later in the draft. So I skipped some of the obvious people. I went with DJ Moore from Chicago. I think he's brought in to do one thing, and that's catch big plays and help Justin Field out when he needs them. Uh, Josh Reynolds, just because from Detroit's perspective, they don't have tight ends. They really don't. So Josh Reynolds is going to get the stuff that Amamar Ross St. Brown can't do, or he gets double coverage. Reynolds, I think, is going to be your guy, especially with the injury. And my third, rookie Jordan Addison. I think we just talked about it. Minnesota's still a very good offense, and I think he's going to replace Adam Thielen and do a good job. So I decided, hey, I'll thematically go three receivers this time. All right. Who are your players to avoid? Oh, uh, so I wanted to say <laughs> Kirk Cousins during primetime, but again, it's not really true. Um, I would I would draft him if I could. Uh, players to avoid, A.J. Dillon. Okay, yep. It's not going to work out for him in Green Bay. He's number one. Uh, number two, Chase Claypool. Again, we talked about it completely writing him off. I just don't think that uh, it's going to work there. Um, and honestly, like number number three, and I went back and forth on this one, I decided to go with Robert Tanya just because I know he's got some name recognition, and I just think Cole Komet's going to get a little bit more of the time there for the Bears, so I decided to put him down as number three. Fair enough. I have Jordan Love. We've already explained why. Uh, I have the Chicago running backs because I don't know which one of them is going to be the starter and what kind of a usage it is, so I don't want a part of either of them, at least at this point in time. So that is uh, Khalil Herbert and Dante Foreman. And then I have KJ Osborne. Like we said, uh, he's going to be on the field. He's going to be there, and he might do something every now and then, but for the most part, he is the probably the fourth receiving option, really. Yeah. So of no real fantasy value for you. He will collect a paycheck. That's he nice. will collect a paycheck. That is not a bad gig. I would run around on an NFL field and do nothing if they paid me. Sure. Yeah. I agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. 100%. Hire me, Minnesota Vikings. You heard it here first. <laughs> but that'll do it for us this week. Uh, if you have any fan questions for us, please reach out on social media through Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Conquer Your Draft, via email at contact at Conquer Your Draft, or at conqueryourdraft.com on our podcast page. We have a form you can fill out. We'd love to hear from you. Take care. Stay safe. 